You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, chilling words, very convicting words of Jesus from Matthew. And normally, and quite rightly, we apply these words to our money, to our wealth, to our possessions. We apply them to things that can be eaten by moths like our clothes or to things that can rust like our cars. But money and possessions aren't the only things that capture our hearts. Other things like success or status or the praise of others, feeling significant, having control, being a somebody, all of these things can also capture our heart. And this is what we see in our passage this morning. These words come in the context of religious practice. Jesus says these words to them at the end of a a long talk, exhorting his disciples not to practice their religion before other people. He tells them that their giving, their praying, their fasting should not be done where everyone can see, but it should be done in secret and before God. It's easy to miss the point of what Jesus is saying here. We could easily make the mistake of thinking that Jesus is saying that religion is a private thing, a private matter. And as long as you keep your religion to yourself, then that's okay. But that's not the point that Jesus is making. Because as we will see, the main focus of Jesus' attention is not on the religious acts themselves. The focus of this passage is on the motivations, the motives and the intentions of the heart. Jesus is exposing the human heart and the purpose for why we do things. Look at what he says in each of these cases. Notice that he doesn't say, don't be righteous, don't give, don't pray, don't fast. He never says that. But what does he say? Well, let's start with verse 1. Jesus said, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. The warning here is not against practicing righteousness or being pious, but rather it's against doing it with the purpose and intention of being seen by others. The warning here is against people who are seeking to build a reputation for themselves, who are trying to maintain an image, who have put on a mask, have put on a costume of righteousness. People who look good on the outside, but who are in their hearts rotten to the core. In verse 2, Jesus doesn't say, don't give to the needy. He says, when you do give, there's an expectation there that you will be giving. But he warns against doing it for the purpose of being praised by others. He warns against tooting your own horn. Instead, when you do give to the needy, our left hand shouldn't know what our right hand is doing. This isn't a word against financial stewardship and that... We shouldn't be counting how much money is going into the plate. But rather, this is to reinforce that our giving shouldn't be done for the praise and glory of others. Again, in verse 5, Jesus doesn't say, don't pray. But when you do pray, don't do it out in the open for the purpose of being seen by others. This is not a warning against praying in coffee shops or in public meetings as, as though you should stop praying anywhere that anyone could ever see you. 
Rather, it's a warning against praying for the purpose of other people seeing you, trying to maintain that image of holiness for others. Again, in verse 16, when you fast, don't look gloomy and draw attention to yourself, but wash your face and your head so it looks like you're just a normal person living a normal life. Once again, this warning is not against the practice of fasting itself, but against the motivation of the practice. Notice that in each of these instances, Jesus talks about the reward for your actions. Verse 1, For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Verse 2, Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse 4, And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 5, Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse 6, And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 16, Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Verse 18, And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When we lay it out like that in that long list, we can see that there's a pattern going on. This is all about the rewards for our actions. It's all about the treasure that we're seeking. It's within this context that Jesus uses these words to take on even greater meaning. Do not lay up for yourselves rewards on earth, but lay up for yourselves rewards in heaven. For where your reward is, there your heart will be also. The hypocrites that Jesus is talking about are seeking to do just that, to lay up rewards, lay up treasures on earth through the praise and adulation of the masses. For them, their reward is status, success and honour. They wanted all the praise and honour that they could get in this life. They wanted to be known around town as the most righteous and most godly people. They wanted the reward of heaven now and they were too impatient to wait for it. They were willing to give up their heavenly reward for the treasures of this life, here and now. And the main problem of this is the problem of the heart. The hypocrites who, on the outside, looked devout and righteous, on the inside only really loved one thing, and that is themselves. They did these things to be seen by others, because they got praise from others that made them feel important, made them feel worthwhile, made them feel meaningful. It was all about what they could get. Their hearts had been captured by what they could get in this life, success, social status, respect. They cared more about how they looked in the eyes of others than how they looked in the eyes of God. And they loved the things of this life much more than they loved God. The problem with all of this is that What the heart loves, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. That is to say that our actions are directed by what our hearts desire. If you long for the treasure of heaven, if if your heart loves the things of God, then you'll seek after those things. You'll order your life around those priorities. But if you long for the treasures of this life, if your heart is captivated by the world then you'll seek after these things. Your minutes, your hours, your days will be ordered around what your heart loves to do. Your thoughts, your decisions, your actions will be structured around those things that you desire. Your giving, your fasting, your praying will be directed towards seeking the things of this world rather than being devoted to God. 
And what will end up happening is that these things will rule your life and you'll become a slave to them. Even good things in this life, even good religious practices can capture your heart and make you lose sight of God. I wonder how this applies to you today. I wonder where your heart is. I wonder where your treasure is. What is more important to you? Do you love the things of this world more than you love God? When we're honest with ourselves, the answer to that question is always yes. Because each one of us has turned our hearts away from God. And this is what the Bible calls sin. When we love the things of this world more than we love God. When we love the gift more than we love the one who gives us that gift. The good news of God's grace is that even when we don't love Him perfectly, He loves us so abundantly that He sent His Son to die for us, that we might be forgiven for our selfishness, for our sinfulness. John says it this way in 1 John chapter 4, This is how God showed His love among us, that He sent His one and only Son into the world, that we might live through Him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not that we loved Him, but that He loved us. No pure words have ever been spoken. Praise be to God for the love that He has for us in Christ Jesus. Well, today and during Lent, as we look forward to God pouring out His love for us on the cross, would you take some time to assess your heart? Take some time to think about where your treasure is, where is your reward in this life? And ask God to help you that by His Spirit He might transform you, that He might change your heart and your mind, that it might be fixated on God, that it might be focused on Jesus and the love that God has for Him. God, the love that God has for you in Him. Sorry. Let this season of Lent be a time of repentance, of turning away from this world and turning to God in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the love that you do have for us. We are sorry for the times that we don't love you and then we love other things more than you. And we ask that by your Spirit you would transform us. We thank you for the forgiveness we have in Jesus and we ask that you would pour out your love ever more increasingly upon us through him and by your Spirit. And this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.